Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, our weekly spin-off podcast where Dad and I attempt to take a break from the intensity that is the regular true crimery. Is that a word? It is now. No, of no. Loose Units. Pro- it's not? It's not a word? Crimery. Sounds like a um, somewhere where you grow flowers. I'm Paul, that's John, and Dad, I am fresh off the back of watching Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I was at the press screening last night in Melbourne. Paul, um, mm-hmm. I love Indiana Jones. Yeah, me too. Uh, me too. And you've met him. I mean, you haven't Indiana met Jones, Indiana or- Jones. No, you've met the, <laughs> his, his persona. Yeah, I interviewed Harrison Ford back in 2015, and he was extremely nice. Mm, so- he liked you. He liked me very much. But yes. you are a very likable person. Oh, get out. Uh, can I tell you what I thought of the film without spoiling anything at all? I would love to hear your opinion, but I don't know how you can talk about something without telling us. No, I mean without spoiling any plot details. Oh, cool. Love it. I liked it. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but I will say that it's really interesting to see Indiana Jones embarking on what is being touted in the press as his final adventure. So Harrison Ford and all of the makers of the film are being very adamant that this is the end of Harrison Ford's time as Indiana Jones. And the press campaign's been very, you know, uh, how can they possibly live up to expectations, but how can they also possibly avoid the elephant in the room, which is that a lot of our heroes, a lot of our childhood heroes in films, occasionally those played by Harrison Ford himself, are being offed. Uh, So, I mean, watching the film is very interesting, but the first part of the film, is set in the 40s and it's told via flashback and it shows a kind of adventure from India in his younger days. And they use CGI to make him look younger and I won't talk about whether they pull that off or not, but I will say that after that point, it's set in 1969, which is a really interesting time in American history and Indy's teaching at a university in New York and he gets pulled into one last adventure with his goddaughter, Helena, played by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who's uh, in Fleabag. Anyway... It's a really fun, really exciting adventure. But the reason I like it, Dad, is it's the first film I've seen in a long time to deal with how heroes age. So it's Mm. actually a film about, you know, there's open acknowledgement of the fact that Indiana Jones is, you know, like a 70-something-year-old man running around and shooting stuff. It is a really interesting look at the aging process, but not in a way that is depressing and sad. It kind of... It almost romanticizes aging in a way that I really liked. Mm. It deals with grief. It deals with uh, legacy. It's it's a really big, bombastic, fun, and final entry in the Indiana Jones franchise. And honestly, if you're a fan of the others, and if you struggled a little bit with the last one, with um, The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, 
then I think you will enjoy it. So it gets a very considered thumbs up from me. That's good, Paul. That's Mm. uh, concise. And I mean, you've been reviewing films since you were about 15. Yeah, in fact, one of the... Yeah, one of the first films I reviewed was with a friend of the show, Stephen Lewis, on a very short-lived podcast. And I I think I reviewed the new Superman film. I say new, it was Brandon Ruth's... uh, Anyway, I reviewed uh, Superman Lives back in the day. And he actually sent me some of the audio files of my first work on that show. It was the first time I'd ever really recorded my voice or done any kind of broadcasting. I was first year uni and I unrecognizable and just absolute garbage. So I, I like to think I've honed my craft a little since then. Paul, um, you've also done some great live shows. We've interviewed some very famous people and <clears throat> mum and I have managed to get to go to a few of them and it's it's pretty nerve-wracking watching your son interview because it's live mm. and then anything can happen. And I'll never forget you interviewed Dylan Moran at the Paddington Town Hall. Oh, God. And it was intense because there, there was someone in the audience that... He knew, and it kind of invited him up on stage. And I could—I was watching and feeling for you because you—you had no control. Uh, but mm. apparently, it, you know, Dylan Moran from Black Books really liked you. In fact, so much so that he asked you to travel around Australia with him, which is pretty cool. Um, but live stuff's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's interesting. I mean, when you and I do live shows, uh, I, I tend to look because with the lighting, <clears throat> you can't see the audience. It's sort of it's sort of like looking into the abyss, similar uh, or not dissimilar to, speaking of abyss, Paul or the abyss, not dissimilar to what's happening, and it's rather tragic. Oh, the Titanic thing! Oh my mm. god! Um, so, Paul, do you remember the Indian restaurant in Manly that we used to take your kids to? Very much At, so, Ashiana yes. upstairs, yep. and the the owner of that restaurant. Now, listeners, this is a fucking good yarn. Um, she used to be an air hostess, and I say air hostess because that's what they were called back then, mm-hmm. and for Air India, and they used to wear the most beautiful saris or sarongs, and she, on the ceiling, she'd set up these wooden batons, and the ceiling, I don't know whether you remember, Paul, was just a collection of, say, 20 of her garments that she'd worn with Air India, and they made the most beautiful ceiling decoration. Now, Amazing. I'll tell you what, mate, this is, this is bloody unbelievable. Her husband, he was, or they were both in a sort of a, like, a, uh, like a, a grocery store in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether you know this, but there used to be in grocery stores like Woolworths, Coles, those types of stores all over Australia, you'd be walking down the aisles and they had these like little hanging stands and you could tear off like coupons to enter competitions. Have you ever seen those? Uh, they're probably no. not. They're probably not done today because everything's online. But take yourselves back at least thirty years. So you mm. would have been about ten. Sure. And they saw this competition. Now get ready for this. It was a competition to go down to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean and see up front, close and personal, in a submersible submarine, the Titanic. And they Hang on, is this re- seriously? Mate, this is, this is the story as it unfolds. It's, this is incredible. Go on. And this was the first commercial trip to see the Titanic 
in the world and her husband, co-owner of Ashiana Restaurant in Manly that's still there, they've moved on, he won the prize. And he went down 30 years ago to see the Titanic. He did and not. He did, and he has spent the rest... He was a... Uh, I think he was a carpenter or a mm-hmm. plumber and a lovely guy, redhead, just a, a knockabout sort of guy, salt of the earth, and he spent and has spent the rest of his life basically doing the talk circuit, which he's entitled to do because that's a bloody exciting thing he did. He was in that very first group of people in the world to see the Titanic, which is quite extraordinary, which takes us to what's happening today, which is... I mean, Paul, the tickets on this particular... And I'm not going to say ill-fated because we can never give up hope, but we are in the in the, the closing stages in terms of their oxygen supply. Mm-hmm. Each ticket, Paul, do you know how much each ticket is in Australian dollars? No. $370,000 per ticket. And there are five people on board. And this particular company, they do one tour to the Titanic every week. I mean, they interviewed someone that was on that same vehicle, vessel, a week ago. And I've been listening to some interesting medical opinions uh, from doctors about what happens uh, in the final stages. And I, whilst it sounds sad, I do have a feeling um, that it may well be, and I hope it will be relatively calm and peaceful uh, should they not find them um, i have a i have a few thoughts dad that's hmm. okay yeah so i struggle with billionaires in general um i'm not diminishing the value of life at all i just think there is something bizarre about the disparity of reactions between several billionaires missing uh you know visiting the wreck of the Titanic uh, and the migrant boat tragedy in the Mediterranean where hundreds of, I mean, there were 750 passengers crammed onto this boat Mm. um, and it sank just off the coast of Greece last week. And uh, the, it reminds me kind of of when uh, the Notre Dame was burning, but the Amazon was on fire and everybody rallied around the church and didn't give a shit about the, you know, like the lungs of the planet burning. The, the, the way people choose to allocate their, their attention, I think is worthy of examination. I'm not saying that a billionaire's life is not worthy of worry. I'm not saying they're not good people. I'm just saying there is a, (laughs) one is clearly much, much worse, but because of the way our brains are wired and perhaps because of the weird, almost, comedic tragic element of the irony of heading down to the titanic i mean somebody said all right uh checks notes well uh it looks like the titanic wreck has claimed more lives somehow i mean that is it's bizarre right Mm. it is a as opposed to the grim unsexy um death of migrants crammed onto a ship um Mm. but i think yeah but i mean i look i mean you have to be very wealthy to be able to afford this particular type of adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, the company that do the tour or tours, the trips, you know, they obviously, uh, they've got to make money. And we, we can't talk about or we can't 
talk disparagingly about the individuals on board insofar as you know one of them is a billionaire but he may be one of the most philanthropic people on earth we don't know uh, the backstory one thing that i thought about this morning paul was that there's a father and son on board and uh, i was thinking about the two of us uh if we were in a situation to sort of mention our true crime podcast that we're doing on Mondays that comes out Tuesdays and and next week is part three of that extraordinary story in Western Australia. Imagine if the two of us found ourselves at the bottom of a mine shaft and we we knew we we wouldn't be rescued. Imagine those last hours, days, maybe even weeks together, sort of going through all those. Imagine the discussion that you'd have. So from that perspective, I found that somewhat poignant. Hang on, you're saying uh, imagine the content we get out of it? Because, God, that well, was... we would we wouldn't be recording. <laughs> uh, because if, well, if we were, I mean, I suppose if that'd be weird to do <laughs> uh, sort of a I... final series. Hey, listeners, this is our last episode, and uh, you're about to find out why. Tune in next week. Oh, no, done. I, it is it is interesting, Dad. I, look, I'm not, I'm not diminishing the value of life. I'm not doing that. But I am saying that philanthropic or not, I mean, first of all, Pay taxes, hmm. like but Paul, billion, I, billion, like the the hmm. billionaire as a thing should not exist. I mean, it's fucked. They shouldn't exist. Uh, but the fact is, of course, you know, um, I'm just curious. I wanted to get your thoughts on on the disparity of reaction between these things because well, one is okay, but that's much got, worse. I agree, but that's got nothing to do with the people on board. That's the media. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's the media. It's no, but but, but it's also but, but it's also us. I mean, we don't. Why aren't we looking? Why are we looking at one with such fascination and not the other? Well, when I'm one actually is yeah, much worse. No, I agree. But I'm I, I'm I'm completely cognizant and aware of of all the shitty things that happen in the world, and I'm aware of what mm. happened last week, and I'm aware there was an explosion in Paris overnight. Mm. Uh, I'm I, I'm aware, but I don't uh, I don't grieve for every single shitty. Th- thing in the world because you can't you can't and there's you no point 
because yeah. why why would you want to spend your time on this on this planet yeah continually sort of in a permanent state of flagellation you know mm. woe is every it's just and it's shit so it doesn't help. Yeah. i think it helps to to be cognizant and aware of of the, the the shitty things that are happening in the world i mean it's you know there are people that are born in somalia that have a shelf life of a month and there are people that are born into royal families you know look it's it's extraordinary it's one of the, the human conditions and it's complicated i'm we are our podcast we are a part of the media and I like to think that we are fairly balanced. That's um, why I raise stuff like this. I, look, I'm no, not saying good. that. No, no. I, again, I, I think I think part of the reason that the Titanic submarine fiasco slash tragedy has captured us is, first of all, it's a more... First of all, it is funnier. And, and I don't mean this in that, like, the loss of life is not... That part is not funny, but there is something about rich people getting in a submarine to visit a shipwreck and then getting shipwrecked themselves. And then the stepson of one of the people in there, Hamish Harding, who's a uh, British billionaire, and he's on the boat, but his stepson is uh, tweeting from a Blink-182 concert saying, my stepdad Hamish is on this submarine lost at sea. I'm devastated, but coming to the San Diego show tonight so you guys can give me hope and cheer me up. And he's basically tweeting at the band members uh, while his uh, stepdad is... I mean, this is the... Uh, stepson of a billionaire at a concert trying to get clicks and attention out of the fact that his stepdad is uh, in a submarine potentially dead. And then he's online harassing female DJs. I mean, this story is just... it. Look, it's weird. Whereas mm. the Greek, whereas the boat tragedy, the migrant boat tragedy, is just tragic. It's like for something to grab the public's attention, it needs to have... It, need, it needs to have different elements for them to glom onto, right? Mm. If it's just tragedy... We have this sort of ceiling where we care to a point and then we stop caring as a, and that sucks. Like the Ukrainian uh, crisis that is going on, the thing that they said and that um, Vladimir Zelensky said is that uh, public support and attention will wane, not because they don't care, but because you can only carry so much of this with you, right? Mm. Um, so when something completely different and bizarre happens... We're on board, but you have a finite amount of time where humans can give a shit past a certain point. Of course, you can. You know what I mean? You, yep. There's um, this real novelty to 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 the news, and if we, if you can grab people in those early days, you're off to the races. So this story is what I'm saying is it is so unusual that of course we're paying attention. No, I understand, right, <clears throat> Paul? Mm. If I was given the opportunity, if I was offered a ticket on the submarine, uh, yeah, and prior to any of this news mm. i would definitely not do it and i've had thousands and thousands of hours underwater um, i regard myself as a hardcore scuba diver and free diver i've done night diving in sydney harbour mm-hmm. um i mean i've done some really really i've done cave diving i've done wreck diving i've done I've really pushed pushed the boundaries, but I there are a couple of things in this world I would never do. Um, I would never do bungee jumping, and I wouldn't go down in a submersible uh, because I don't like the idea mm-hmm. of having no control. At least with skydiving, you've got two chances. Okay, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, 
No, you, have I, two, you have two chances. I mean, <laughs> bungee jumping. Um, I've stood on the Hackett Bridge on the South Island near Queenstown. I've had the opportunity. I was very close and I just thought, mm, I don't feel comfortable. It's like when I was doing, you know, paragliding. Uh, some things just, you get the vibe. And I would never... I've, I would never in a million years go into a submarine. I mean, just... So we went to Disneyland over October last year. I was over there on my Colombo trip and my friends Josh and Liz and Tegan and I went to Disneyland and we'd done like 12 rides in a row and it was late and we got on board the Finding Nemo ride, which is actually... It used to be like uh, an underwater um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea sort of ride. But the catch is that actually... Uh, Walt Disney bought a bunch of real submarines and for a while he had enough submarines to technically have the largest fleet of submarines in a certain hemisphere of the world. Like it was a whole thing. Mm. And so what you do is there is a massive, massive lake, an artificial lake, and it's relatively deep and you climb into a real submarine Mm. and you do this tour where the outside the windows, outside the portholes, there's these displays. So you feel like you're down there. But the point is it's pressurized. It's a real submarine. Sure, it's you know, three meters from the from the surface, so it's not that far down. But even being in a safe version of a submarine for seven minutes as the characters of Finding Nemo tooled around outside the porthole, I felt the vibe. I mm. got the vibe. The pressure was intense. And you know what? Quite a few people in there started to get a bit skittish. And I went, if this is the safe version, can you imagine feeling the hull start to kind of ping and buckle as you descended into objective blackness it is effectively going to outer space it is not we're not meant to be there and i think the idea that a bunch of phenomenally rich people went down to uh look at what is ostensibly a gravesite and kind of gawk and that's whatever it's history that's fine you know the world is littered with famous gravesites and famous mass graves and you know i went to um westminster abbey and i accidentally walked over henry VIII's grave i mean the dead are everywhere but the fact is that it is a tomb and they went down there in a small metal casket, and now we haven't heard from them. Mm, and one of their one of their stepsons is harassing DJs online. Mm, the world's a strange place. I agree. Is- I I do agree, Paul. But <laughs> I must bring you back to um, one point that is very valid, and that is that out mm. of a lot of very bad things mm. come some very very good things. And I'm thinking about technology. Okay. A lot of the technology that we have today has come from, and you can't deny this, from the military. That's, that is an immutable fact. So, mm-hmm. you know, things will come out of this. Think about all the organisations that are involved in the rescue. They are honing their skills because the, it, the conditions in that part of the world off the coast of Canada in the Atlantic Ocean, it's treacherous, it's foggy. I've seen photographs. It's... It's okay. The people that are doing all the rescue work, they mm-hmm. are gaining invaluable skill, and that's that's a that's a plus. Yes. Um, so there are always there are pros and cons, and I, you know, I don't like to take also from that or the the, the point that uh, you know you don't just. It's generally, if, you, if you're going to be mega wealthy, uh, you know, quite a few people that are rich have worked so hard mm-hmm. and a lot of people have, you know, been wealthy, lost their, lost their, their fortunes and 
you know, I I don't sort of I have a, a major problem because I don't I haven't gone into their you know their their past insofar as and I also feel that you know to sit here and and I'm, and I'm I'm not talking about you I'm just saying that it's just in this world of crazy hyper sort of sonic media content mm-hmm. the the opinions that are, I mean I I you know my my philosophy about the internet for example is that no matter what you want to search or what you want to find to back up your own you know how you think about a particular thing it's there it's it's so so vast mm-hmm. and i obviously i hope and i haven't really been focused on this story paul i mean you know i'm not sort of obsessed with this story um but it is of interest to me because i you know i do like underwater you know adventure i guess um but as i said it's not for me that that experience and i want another thing too listeners that i definitely would never do i would never go mountain climbing i just wouldn't do it i've been stuck on a mountain once and the sun was going down and i'll tell you what it's when you can't go up or down you and you're by yourself it's scary i had a thought dad yes so i think just coming back to the billionaire thing i think part of the reason that people are so soft on people who you know like non-billionaires defend the rights of billionaires almost disproportionately and i think i figured out why i'm sure this isn't a eureka moment for anybody but I think it's because people think one day they might become billionaires and they don't want to kind of screw over their chances of getting away with stuff and making more money when that happens. I think there's a real... I think they want to make sure that on the day they become billionaires, because anyone can do it, they aren't paying twice as much tax as they have to. It's like they're trying to kind of pave the way, like make things easier for themselves in the future, but uh, their future is a future that will never happen. But it's like they've been sold a false bill of goods. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm. at all to you yeah I, I struggle with that i mean i don't care my my father who passed away yeah. uh you know i used to say to my dad regularly because i was dealing you know i was I, I've, I've met some pretty rich people in my life you know through my antiques and my picture hanging particularly picture hanging i deal with some super super high heavy heavy heavyweight international clients and mm. i used to occasionally say to my dad oh you know they were this and that and that and my father had this default expression, which used to really give me the shits. And it was a cop-out, as far as I'm concerned. And his default line, when I was talking about really rich people, was... And he sort of said it in this sort of almost holier-than-thou way. He said, oh, yes, but are they happy? And I, I used to respond every time by saying, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're really, they're really happy. And, you know, <laughs> it's not mutually exclusive... And, mm-hmm. and, and and I'm going to leave everyone with one of my... It's kind of my own saying, but you may have heard it before, but yeah. I definitely coined it myself, even though it may have been coined by other people. It's it's my saying that I've... It's one of my mantras. It's pretty simple. I'd prefer to be rich and miserable than and poor and miserable. And miserable. Hmm. It's that simple. Because at least if you've got some shekels to rub together, shekels. you can... You know, you can do a few things. You can keep the lights on. You can. Yeah, I'm sure I've talked about this before, Dad, but there was a study that said that basically, and I 
Tegan told me this. Apparently, once you earn above 70, I think it's 77,000 a year. I think that used to be the number anyway. Mm. Um, you don't, if you, any, any richer than that, and you don't actually get any happier. Apparently, you don't actually get happier. It mm. might make certain things a little easier, but it doesn't actually increase your overall happiness. Basically, what's important is to have a certain set level Right. I guess what I'm saying is uh, down with billionaires and the submarine thing is bizarre. I think what's going to happen is we're going to have more updates on the submarine news next week. I think mm. that's going to happen. I, hope I so. think we will. I think we might even know by the time this episode comes out, but uh, it's not a true crime story. So we're not going to chase it the way we normally no. chase stories. No. Um, but speaking of chasing true crime stories, I'm so excited about continuing our look oh. at the uh, at the Kellets next week. Paul, that is without like a doubt. And we've been covering a we've covered a lot of material, yeah. In the last have. years, a lot of material. But having access to the coroner's report, oh, to read incredible. her her words is, Paul. It's such a great story, and and I'm looking forward. I'm really looking forward to recording part three. Yeah, me too. I really can't wait. I've had such fun on the show lately, but this case, something about this case, is just it's just got me. I'm really mm. excited. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Loose Units, Loose Ends. I have had such a great time. Thank you so much for joining us, and thanks, Dad, for hanging out again. Thank you for listening to another Loose Ends. I'm Paul. That's John. Please, everyone, promise us that you will have a good weekend. We really want you to just enjoy yourselves, have fun, relax. You're going to need all the energy you've got in you for our part three look at the Kellett case on Tuesday morning next week. In the meantime, have a good one, and we will see you very, very soon for more Loose Units. Bye, everyone. Cheerio. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.